Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, you may be seated this morning. We're going to dive into the Word. My name is Katie Sexton, and I'm the pastor's wife here at the house, and I can't wait to share with you the second part of our listening series today, which is learning to listen. And so I don't know if there's any parents in the room, but as a parent, I often um, find the need to help my children learn to listen. You know, I have some teenagers in my house now, so they're getting it a little bit better than they used to. But, um, you know, my kids, just like any other kids, can get distracted and absorbed with things like video games or what they're more interested in on their phone. And it is funny how I can come into the room and say, hey, will y'all take out the trash? And then an hour later, I come back and the trash isn't taken out, and I think... Wow, were they in that same conversation that we were just in? And I asked them, I was like, hey, so why did we not take out the trash? And what is their answer? I didn't hear you. (laughs) You know, for some magical reason, they are able to zone and tune out to my voice when it is convenient to them. And of course, you know, if I were to go in to say that same thing and say, hey, we're going to go get ice cream, of course, they're going to jump in the car. And they are going to hear me very clearly. And we call that selective hearing. (laughs) Okay, there's another part of hearing that we uh, have to learn at our house is something that's often um, the choice of hearing is partial hearing. So here I go in and I say, hey, can you start your load of laundry? And then the next day I go in and in the wash, there's a load of laundry. And I think, huh. And I say, hey, what happened to the laundry? And they're like, well, you didn't tell me to put it in the dryer. And of course, I'm thinking, okay, that's true. I did not tell you to actually do the entire process. And so there is a partial hearing problem. Obviously, I assumed that when I said start your laundry, that included finishing it. Okay, that included putting it from the wash to the dryer, folding and putting up. But of course... As we are young, we choose to selectively hear and partially hear. And we have to learn to listen. It's a discipline. I have a lot of mercy for it because I remember when I was young and I remember when I had to learn how to listen. We all have to do it. And just like in the physical realm, we also have to learn to listen to God. And the thing is, is it is easy to selectively listen. It is easy to partially listen. But yet there is not the great reward and the great fruit that comes out of partial and selective hearing. When we listen to the Lord and we listen to him all the way, there is a huge blessing. Why? Because he is somebody who knows that we need help. We need help in life. There are decisions we're making all the time that we need advice. We need direction. And it can't just be from a friend. It needs to be supernatural. There are life decisions and things that we're facing all the time, things that we're facing as our family faces, as our nation faces, as our world faces. And we need to hear the Lord more than ever before. 
You know, I think that today we need to ask ourselves, what do we believe about listening to God? Do we believe he spoke in the past? Because as Christians, we believe his word, the Bible, is his, him speaking to us. And it was relevant when he spoke it, when it was wrote, wrote, written, and it's also relevant to 2021. Right. We believe he spoke in the past, and he is also speaking today. We also believe that God wants a relationship with us. And that means that he can speak to us not just once, but continually. He wants to be able to have a conversation with us that continues. Let's look at the um, Bible story in 1 Samuel 3 that talks about the boy Samuel that heard God for the very first time. And just to give you a little backstory, Samuel is a son who was born to Hannah. And Hannah was a woman who cried out to God in the temple and asked God to give her a son. She was desperate. And so all of this story began with one prayer. She prayed, and then Eli the priest in the temple heard God, and he spoke to her and said, God heard you, and he's going to give you a son. Hannah made a vow and said, if you give me a son, I'll give him to the Lord. I'll give him back to you. And so what she did is she was able to bear Samuel as her son. And then once he was weaned, she took him to the temple and gave him to the service of the Lord. So it is the whole chapter that we're going to read, but we're going to go through it quickly. It's important for us to get the whole story. So now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, meaning he couldn't see very well anymore, was lying down in his bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So basically, they had ended the night. They're in their bedrooms. They're going to bed. Then the Lord called Samuel. And he said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But then Eli said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Which I can't imagine the confusion Samuel must have felt in that moment. Either I am going crazy or Eli is going crazy. I keep on hearing this voice and he keeps on saying he's not speaking. But we're the only ones here. Okay, so here Samuel is. He's never heard God's voice before. Eli is his father figure, his teacher, his trainer. And here he keeps on going to him and he's like, I don't got anything for you. So, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I want everybody to say that. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, um, go do this. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood calling at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, 
Here's the word that God is downloading to Samuel. Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So here God is speaking to Samuel a word for his father figure, Eli. Okay, so this is pretty heavy stuff. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Eli says, yep, you heard God. Let it be. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. All Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. That means from the north to the south, everybody in the nation knew that God spoke to Samuel. The Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So we know he continued to speak to Samuel. So th the things that I want to point out today is let's learn from Samuel and how he listened to the Lord. If we know listening to the Lord is a discipline and we all have to learn how to do that, then let's look and see how Eli taught Samuel to do that and how he became a man who heard God's voice for the rest of his life. People looked to him to hear what God had to say. So the first thing that we see that Samuel did was he expectantly listened for the Lord. Once Eli instructed Samuel that if he heard the voice again, respond and say, speak, your servant hears. He went back and he was ready to hear the Lord. He didn't ask questions. He didn't doubt. He went straight back to do exactly what Eli told him to do. This is what I'm hoping happens today. You know, that our expectations are raised to hear God's voice. I believe he wants to speak to you about the problem you're facing. I believe he wants to speak to us about the question we have. I believe he's going to give someone direction for the future because we were willing to expect that he was going to speak to us. So Eli helped Samuel, and Samuel went from confused to expectant. He went from, why do I keep on hearing voices, and Eli tells me that he's not speaking, to, I understand, and I want to hear God's voice. If you want to hear God, we must expect to hear him. When we go to church, we can expect to hear God in worship. Whether all the singers are on key or not, we can expect to experience God's presence and even him speaking to us in worship. While the message goes forth, we can hear God's voice. Yes, you come in Sunday after Sunday, and some days you hear a word for you, and some days a word is for someone else. But I believe that we can have an expectant heart, and God can use anything to speak to us 
personally. So he's going to sometimes use other believers. We're going to come to life group and we're going to experience someone that said something that they learned that week in the word or experienced in their life. And guess what? It could be God's voice using them to speak to us. So we have to expect him to speak in multiple ways. When we open our word, the Bible, do we expect for him to speak to us or do we expect to not understand it? Do we expect just to check something off of our spiritual to-do list? Are we expecting to meet with God? When we seek the Lord in prayer and we're making time for him, do we look at the silence that we hear as he doesn't want to speak to us? Or do we push through that silence and we expect him to speak to us through that? I believe that we're about to have an event called Table Talk 2021. And for our ladies in the house, and it is going to be an amazing time that we are able to connect together and connect to the Lord. We have two speakers coming in for this event. We have a venue rented, and it is going to be such a special time. So ladies, if you have not gotten a ticket, you got to get a ticket. You got to get a ticket for a friend. Why? Because I'm expecting that God's going to speak to you there. God's been stirring a word in my heart for our ladies this month for this event. And I have two speakers coming in that have already shared with me some of the things that are on their heart. And it is going to be life transforming. You don't want to miss it, but don't come without expecting God to speak to you. You know, God is described as a good father. When I go to my dad's house, guess what I expect him to do? Speak to me. We're talking. We're having a conversation. Jesus is described as a friend. When I go to coffee with my friend or I talk on the phone with my friend, I'm expecting something. I'm expecting to hear their heart, what's going on in their lives, what's going, what, what they're thinking. The Holy Spirit is described as a teacher. And there is nobody in this room that's going to go to a classroom and not expect their teacher to teach. And when we come into the presence of the Lord and when we seek God, we can expect him to speak. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's who he's talking about in this scripture in John. You can hear his voice and you can get direction from the Lord. He wants to know you, and he wants you to expect him to speak. So the second thing Samuel does is he patiently waits for the Lord to speak. In Psalms 25, 5, it says, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Okay, so all day long is a really long time. Okay, so when you start a conversation with your friend, you're not really expecting them to wait all day long to respond to you. Okay, but with the Lord, we know Psalms teaches us that we would wait all day long to to hear his voice. Why? Because his voice is the most important voice that we could ever wait for or hear. We're willing to wait because we know his voice is what we really need to hear more than anything else that's trying to talk to us. So Eli gave Samuel instructions and he went back and waited. So what do you think the waiting period is that God says? We hear that in the word often, wait on the Lord. 
So what is it for? Is it really to do nothing? Or is it something that's actually active? I don't know about you, but if you try to wait and be quiet, it, you actually have to actively make yourself do that. Because there's things running through your head. There's nervous energy that we have. We have to-do lists and people calling our name, usually young people. And, and you have to make yourself wait. So what we're doing while we're waiting is we use that space to prepare our heart and quiet our soul. And those are two things that when we do that, God can speak to us and we can hear him clearly. Because our heart is prepared and our soul is quiet. So we prepare our heart by humbling ourselves to receive the teaching he's about to download. How do we humble ourselves? This means that we aren't listening with our minds made up. We are seeking what he has to say to make up our mind. And that takes waiting for us to prepare our heart to do that. We quiet our soul by eliminating the distractions and the hurry. The pressure of needing to do the next thing, we have to quiet our souls before we can hear God because he knows that we are, we have that nervous energy and he wants us to quiet that so we can hear him clearly. Okay, it would be so easy if we could just pop in and get the download. Come on, I'm on a time schedule. Let's go. Let's hear it and keep going. But God doesn't rush when he speaks. He unfolds it over time sometimes. You may get a piece of what he has to say in one moment and the rest of the story in the next, but we have to be willing to quiet our soul to receive it. Good. I don't know about you, but I like a good cup of coffee. <laughs> and the bottom line is there is nothing compared when you have an instant cup of coffee versus a cup that's been brewed for a long time. You're talking about something that's really going to give you what you need for the day. It's the longer the brew, the better the coffee. And so when we wait for the Lord and we prepare our heart and quiet our soul, we will hear the word of the Lord for our decision, for our life, for our family, for our friend in a powerful way that will change lives. The next thing is, is that we have to listen to the Lord submissively. So that's not a word that our culture likes to hear. If anything, when we hear that, we put on the brakes real fast. What are you asking me to do? Who's trying to control me? Who's trying to tell me what to do that I don't want to do? Submissive, a submissive heart is just the, the place and the position God has always asked us to have. When we begin our relationship with Jesus, it starts with submission. But believe me, that's not the only time. Every time we want to hear God, we will have to put our heart in a place of submission to receive that. You know, this word is not something that we see on the word of the day for dictionary.com. But as people in our flesh, we usually don't feel like submitting. I've never had a moment that I thought, I want to submit. <laughs> I have never had that desire other than the desire to obey God. In the moment, you feel so strongly to buck the system. You feel so strongly to come against what God wants to do or what a leader wants to do. But submission is necessary because it shows that we are laying down our pride. And when we lay down our pride, we can truly hear the Lord because he knows he can trust us with his word. Yeah. 
He knows that we're not going to take it and rub it in someone's face. He knows we're not going to take it and try to correct everybody we know. He knows that we'll take it and we will, we will care for it with love and truth. I love it when my kids listen to me and submit to me. And I can't imagine how pleased God is with us when we're willing to listen to him and actually obey what he has to say. But God will not compete for our attention. He does want to be the only thing we're paying attention to. He wants us to listen and obey, and he wants to speak to someone whom is ready to do that. If you go a little deeper, the word refers to Eli's disobedience. So when Samuel heard God, the download was about Eli, his leader, his teacher. And it wasn't about uncovering his leader or teacher. It was just the fact that, okay, Eli has chosen to disobey me. His kids are running amok, and they are really ruining the, the testimony of the church at that time, the testimony of God in the nation at that time. His sons were just rebellious, and he was supposed to correct them, and he didn't. And so when he didn't choose to obey, God spoke to Samuel because he knew Samuel was willing to obey. He loved Eli, but he knew, he realized that Eli had chosen to stop listening and obeying. So he had to find someone else who was willing to hear the word of the Lord, even if the word of the Lord wasn't what they wanted to hear. And so all of the kingdom works on submission. Selective hearing or partial hearing will not produce the fruit like someone who's submissively listening to, listening to the Lord. In fact, James warns us that there are many hearers, but hearing only doesn't count. We have to do what he says for us to see the fruit in our lives. So the next one is sacrificially. Samuel received and waited, and he sacrificed. If he were in this day and time, what would we say? He gave up watching a movie that night. He gave up scrolling and posting social media that night. He gave up that extra hour of sleep. Why? Because he was willing to sacrifice to hear God's voice. He was willing to sacrifice and learn to listen to the most powerful voice ever. I love movies. I like a good movie. I like to scroll social media. And I, if you know me, I love a good nap. <laughs> but to be able to hear the Lord, there is going to be a requirement of sacrifice on our part to say no to this and say yes to his voice. And so here we are facing this fast that we're about to go on as a church from the 17th through the 24th. And I just want to encourage you that this will be a moment of sacrifice. And I would encourage you to choose something that is a true sacrifice. Okay, so if it's, I mean, if you don't like broccoli and you're fasting broccoli, that's not a sacrifice, okay? <laughs> okay, so what, and this is one thing about our health. You know, we often say, please don't do anything that would cause you to be sick or ill or against your doctor's orders. But pretty much all of us can probably go to our doctor and say, hey, could I fast french fries? And he would probably say, sure. 
Okay, so if french fries is something you love, you probably don't have to seek your medical provider to see if you have to fast that or can fast that. Okay, it is not necessary for your survival. Okay, so I think that it's important for us to evaluate and think, okay, Lord, what are you wanting me to sacrifice? How can I submit to you during this time, during this fast, so I can hear your voice clearly? Because when we deny our flesh, our spirit can become more sensitive to his voice. We are able to hear him easier. But how bad do we want or need an answer? You know, I don't know what you're facing or what question you're needing to answer, but how bad do you need it? Because that will determine the level of sacrifice you are willing to give to hear him. So do we need it enough to submit? Do we need it enough to sacrifice to change our mind? Meaning change our opinion? Do we need it enough to say, here I am, Lord, regardless of the cost? Because that's exactly what I believe Samuel was able to do in that moment when he heard the Lord. He was willing to hear the Lord regardless of what it meant. Our church will, will come into this time of prayer and fasting, but one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is to expect that God's going to move powerfully during this time. Don't look at it as, well, that's what the others are doing, or I don't really have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. But it will be a huge moment that God will use in your life if you allow it. It is your choice to draw close to him or not. But this is an opportunity that we can do this together and hold each other's arms and say, hey, you can do it. Go one more day. You don't have to have that Coke. You can do it. Pray, pray. And we're going to encourage each other through it. And we're going to hear God's voice. So the fifth thing that Samuel teaches us in this chapter is that he heard God honestly. Okay, so Samuel told Eli everything and hid nothing. So Eli said, hey, Samuel, tell me what God said. And he was afraid. It says that he was afraid. Why? Because Samuel knew that the word of the Lord was not something that Eli was going to be super excited about. Okay, it was about Eli. It was about Eli needing to change. It was about how God was going to use Samuel instead. So God will speak to us when we are willing to hear what he says and communicate it purely. That means no add-ons, no taking away, no personal opinion or motivation, just exactly what he said. And that's one of the dangers we can easily fall into as Christians. When we hear God's voice, it's so easy to tell a part of what he said but not all of it. It's so easy to take away something he said because he, you know it'll offend somebody. It's so easy to say what he said and your opinion. And this is what I think he means. Now, that's fine if you want to say, and this is what he think he, I think he means, but that's where we preface, this is my opinion. <laughs> okay, so we don't call, this is the word of the Lord, and it also includes my opinion. Okay, so just exactly what he said. We don't use God's voice as an excuse to marry or to divorce or quit a job. We don't manipulate the word of God to meet our agenda and to meet our desire. 
I do believe that God can speak to you on behalf of who you should marry and what you should do in your marriage, how, what choices you should make. He can speak to you about how you should parent your children. He can speak to you about how you should work hard at your job or what job you should choose. But we have to learn to listen to him honestly so that we don't manipulate what he says to just really do what we want to do. Then last thing is that we have to listen to him confidently. Samuel was confident in the word of the Lord. He honestly communicated it and he received confidence from God that it was really what he wanted to say. In my time with the Lord last week, I really heard, I felt like God was impressing on me. I saw this hot air balloon and I felt like the Lord was telling me that Right now, in this season, as we speak the word and as we stand on the word, that the world would call us full of hot air. That they would discredit and discount the word of God. But I believe that why he showed me that hot air balloon was because the hot air is what lifts the hot air balloon. And those who choose to continue to speak the word of the Lord and to stand on the Bible regardless of what others say, are the ones who will be lifted. And his words are powerful, and he can lift you above any criticism that you're hearing. And I couldn't help but to think about another man in the Bible whom listened and obeyed God, and his name was Noah. And I thought about Noah and all of the criticism he encountered. And I thought about all of his friends and his relatives and his colleagues that told him that he was crazy. But yet he listened to God and he built an ark for rain that nobody had ever seen. I'm telling you, talk about, I mean, I honestly, I told a friend this week, I thought, I don't know if I would have believed Noah. (laughs) If I was in that day and age, would I have believed that he heard God? And so I don't know if I could say that I did or would, but I do know that what Noah did was he listened, he obeyed, and he saved himself and his whole family. He had the power in the ark to save anybody who would be willing to listen and obey. Yet no one else besides his immediate family was willing. And I can't imagine the pressure he had to live under to listen and obey. And I do believe as we learn to listen and discipline ourselves to listen, I can't promise you that there won't be pressure with it. As you decide to submit your life to the word of God, to the Bible, I can't commit to you that everyone will agree with you. Actually, I can pretty much commit that the world will never agree with the Bible. When we believe the word, we will feel that disapproval. But when we surrender our life to Christ, we receive the approval of the creator of the universe. And that approval is what fuels our confidence in what he says. That what he says works, that what he says is the best way, that what he says is something that I should do, that his way is where I should follow. His approval gives us confidence. The devil wants us to doubt that God speaks. And the devil wants you to doubt that when you hear him speak, that it's God. 
And I believe that we at the house are going to engage in a relationship with the Lord this month that will change us forever and will impact our community. Those of you who already have a relationship with God, I believe you can go further, you can go deeper, and you can take steps to engage more intimately. And those whom have never experienced a relationship with the Lord, this is your opportunity to take that step and say, I want to hear God because his word says that he's speaking to me. And all of us can learn to listen. Hearing in the womb begins at 18 weeks. So a baby in the mama's womb can start hearing at 18 weeks. And I think that's an incredible fact for us to remember because here this baby is coming out of the womb already knowing their parents' voice because God created them to hear that voice. So we don't have to say an excuse, well, I'm too young in the faith. I can't hear God. Well, I don't know enough about the Bible. I, I can't get that. Guess what? Samuel was not super spiritual. He wasn't super talented. He was a regular boy that was raised in the temple and he expected God to speak. And I believe if you're looking at yourself and thinking, how could I hear God? That's for those super spiritual people, super talented people, people who can quote the Bible backwards and forwards. It is for everyone who submits their life to Jesus. You can hear the Lord and you can learn to listen. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust God. From the bottom of your heart, don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. Somebody say everything and everywhere. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. See, the story in 1 Samuel concludes that none of his words fell. Everyone recognized his words were from God. Samuel continued to listen and obey, and guess what? God continued to speak to Samuel. All of us can make a decision today to listen and obey. And all of us can enter into that relationship with God where he will continually speak to us. He will come when we ask. He will draw near when we draw near. He is ready to download and invest in your life direction, wisdom, clarity. We can all engage in that. I believe that we're all going to take a step today. Those who are willing, those who desire the Lord can take a step today to listen to the Lord. Not partially, not selectively, but be able to listen to him and accept everything he says, knowing that it is good and it is for our good. I do believe that there are some people in this room that you may have not yet made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so if that's the case, I want you to have that opportunity today to engage in a relationship with Jesus. He made a way 
for us to be forgiven of our sins. He made a way for us to know Him. He made a way for us to be free and to be able to listen to Him. And so today we can make that decision, whether for the first time or for maybe it's been a long time since you've engaged and you're like, I need to recommit my life to Jesus. We're going to worship and then we're going to have an opportunity for you to respond and make Jesus the Lord of your life, where today could be your first day to listen and hear the voice of the Lord. So y'all stand with me as we worship. All my life you have been faithful, God will speak to us. All my life you have been so, so good, we wait on you. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made I will sing of the goodness of God We are going to take a time to close our eyes And I do want to give anybody an opportunity that would want to make Jesus the Lord of their life for the first time. So if y'all can just close your eyes with me. If you were here and you thought, I hear you and I want to hear God, but I've never submitted to him for the first time. You don't have to figure life on your own anymore. He wants to speak to you, give you guidance, give you direction, He wants to forgive you of all your sins. I believe he has so many wonderful truths to share with you. And if that is you, I want you to raise your hand right now and I want to pray with you. Anybody in this room that wants to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Y'all repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I just thank you for salvation. Thank you for making a way to speak to me. I surrender my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to listen to you from now on out. In Jesus' name, amen. I am excited for those who raised their hand because I know that it is just the beginning. And there is so much in store for your life. Having a relationship with God changes everything. But before we leave, I do want to proclaim as a church, as a gathering, let's say what Samuel said. We got to put our words and put them in action. When we say it out loud, we're saying, I trust you, God. I'm putting my faith in the fact that you're going to speak to me. So y'all repeat after me, speak for your servant hears. I believe that that is exactly what's going to happen as we go forward this month and seek the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. 
feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.